Hi friends, welcome to the Front Porch Life Podcast. My name is Rachel Steele and I am so glad that you have joined us. This is a podcast all about connection. Life is hard and it's even harder when we try to do it alone. So think of the front porch as a place to share your story, invite others to share theirs, and point each other to Jesus. No topic is off limits. So grab your coffee and join me on the porch. Hi guys, happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining me this week. I am excited to bring this episode to you. This episode is a recording of a talk that I gave at our church's women's retreat back in April. And the title of the women's retreat was In Good Company. And so the whole idea was taking the piece of scripture that is Matthew 28, 11, which talks about, come to me all who are weary and who need rest, and I will give you a real rest. And we use that scripture to lead us in our thinking about topics that we wanted to present at the women's retreat. And really the idea here was that this was our first retreat coming off of COVID. And we realized that people were super stressed out. They were not in tune with themselves. At least this was the people that were planning, which I was also one of the people that helped plan. And we realized this about ourselves. So we figured other people are probably feeling this way too. And we had just lost the skill of resting and we had lost the skill of interacting with other people. So my portion of the women's retreat was to talk about ways in which we could bring more rest into our everyday lives. So I was thrilled to be able to do this. It was my first time in a speaking role I usually sing. Um, I lead worship every Sunday morning. No problem. I can sing anytime. But speaking when it's not just me with my podcast microphone by myself is a little harder. So it was a lot of work. It was super rewarding. And I wanted to invite all of you to hear that talk as well because I felt like God really spoke to me in that time of writing and that it was something that he wanted me to share and it wasn't just coming from myself. So I recorded myself um, giving that talk again for you. And I hope that this would be a chance for you to evaluate what are the ways in which you are resting and what are um, some new things that you could try to bring more rest into your life. Also in the episode, I reference a few different people that have been on the podcast. And so I will link all of those episodes in the show notes in case any of those spark your interest and you want to go back and listen to those. So enjoy my talk from the women's retreat. I want to start today with a story. About a year ago, I came home from work and realized that I was in an empty house. My husband had gotten home before me and he had taken the girls on a walk and I stood in my house and realized that I had no idea what to do with myself. My brain immediately started arguing with itself about what I should do to make the most of the 10 to 30 minutes I had left of alone time. I could throw in a load of laundry. I could pick up the toys that were scattered all over the floor. I could scroll Instagram. I could just sit in silence. 
I could read the book that had been sitting on my nightstand untouched for the last eight months. I could get a head start on dinner. But as I stood there and dealt with these conflicting thoughts, I realized that I actually had no idea what I even enjoyed doing for fun or for rest. The things that I did before kids had not been a part of my regular routine in a while, and I felt paralyzed by all of the choices. While this alone time only lasted 10 minutes before my family walked in the door, it started me on a path of trying to figure out what actually brought me rest. What do I even like to do in my free time? I've had other times in my life in which I've realized this anxiety I have over empty space in my life. When Mike and I were first married, he was the youth director at our church. And so this meant that we both attended church on Sunday mornings, but we were doing our separate jobs. So I was leading worship and he was hanging out with the youth. And then we would part ways and I wouldn't see him again until 930 that night because they had youth group on Sunday evenings. And I dreaded Sunday afternoons alone. As a mom now, I'm like, oh, I would love to have a Sunday afternoon alone. But at that time in my life, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was bitter and like kind of angry at myself that I always saved all the laundry to do on Sundays. And that meant I had to do it all by myself. And I really had no strategies to help me truly rest or feel rejuvenated or connect with God. So instead, I watched Netflix, I ate way too much food, and I felt really lonely. So I started this journey of trying to figure out what I needed to really feel rest. At first, I simply started by making a list on my phone of the things that I like to do. I know that sounds silly, but for me, I just have to think about those things ahead of time in order to choose something on the list. So I had things on my list like crossword puzzles, riding my bike, reading a thriller novel, or listening to a podcast. This was a start for me, but it truly took a while to realize what actually made me feel rested and that what made me feel rested was sometimes the opposite of what the world told me would make me feel rested. I also began to realize that I live my life completely based on the events that are happening each day. So if I have something on a Saturday in the morning and then I don't have any plans again until that evening, I feel anxious and a little fearful almost about what to do with my time in between those two events. Some people love to have a free weekend, but for me, it makes me feel lonely or it makes me feel like I need to fill every minute or else I feel like I'm missing out or I'm not taking advantage of my time. I guess this is a little bit of my extrovert self coming out that is still a little scarred from a COVID lockdown with a four-month-old. So as I began thinking more about what I like to do for fun or for rest and filling empty space with these things, I started to notice the difference between resting with the goal of renewal and self-care. Sometimes self-care in our society is viewed as overindulgence. And I'm really guilty of this. When my girls go down for a nap, it's so easy for me to try to find all of the things that I think will make me feel good and do them all and in the hour and a half that they're sleeping. So that might mean that I'm sitting in my bed with chips and guac, Diet Dr. Pepper while painting my nails and watching Law & Order SVU and scrolling Instagram all at the same time. Now, sometimes that does feel good to me. Sometimes I just need to do something like that because it makes me feel like me 
and not a mom in that moment. But over time, I'm learning that oftentimes this self-indulgent way of self-care is not really bringing me rest. So if I do that during nap time and then the girls wake up, I feel just as tired and just as grumpy to be back on mom duty as I did before the nap. I don't feel rested. I've come to learn that oftentimes what feels restful to me can actually look like work to other people. Lately, I've found rest in watering my plants in the evening after my girls are in bed or feeling inspired to write during nap time. I've also taken up needlepoint. So I enjoy learning about flowers and planning which ones I can add to my garden. This probably comes from seeing my mom do all those things and how it brought her rest. All of these can feel and look like work to other people and even to me sometimes, but I have to train myself to choose these as options when I know my body needs rest because most of the time my body wants to just indulge in Netflix, but after indulging in that way, again, I don't truly feel rested. Jefferson Bethke wrote the book Hell to the Hustle, and he is an expert on Sabbath and slowing down. And one of the things he talks about is that sometimes our rest needs to be the opposite of what we do for work from nine to five every day. So for example, if you are on your computer every day, all day at work, then perhaps a rest or a Sabbath activity for you would be to do something with your hands, like gardening, cooking, painting, um, woodworking, things like that. Those are things that make your brain work in a different way and feel completely different than what you do to bring home a paycheck. On the other end of the spectrum, if you're someone who does manual work all day, maybe you're a car mechanic, a home decorator, a teacher, you know, you're up and at them and working and moving your body all day long, perhaps rest for you looks like sitting down and reading a book. So we need to rest our wheelhouse so that we avoid burnout and that we don't become weary in what we're called to do most days of our week. So as a kindergarten teacher, when I was a kindergarten teacher and a mom of two littles, volunteering in the children's Sunday school isn't necessarily rest for me. That could be a really great way for me to serve, but that's not how I'm going to rest. So my Sabbath needs to be something different than what I'm doing on a daily basis piece of scripture that I love is Matthew 28. And the message version of that scripture says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. One of my favorite parts of this scripture is that it says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. So this language gives me comfort because it tells me that I don't have to find rest and build my relationship with God on my own. I'm an Enneagram six, if you're familiar with Enneagram, Um, but an Enneagram six's biggest fear is of being abandoned or being left on their own to figure things out. So when I read that God walks with me and shows me how to do rest, that gives me an immediate sense of peace. We have an example of Jesus to follow and we don't have to reinvent the wheel.
I've started to become more in tune with myself and what I actually find rest in, I realized that I need to first have input rhythms of rest, and then I can ultimately have output rhythms of rest. For me, my input rhythms are the ones that I have to work the hardest on. And as I start to feel more rejuvenated and rested, my output rhythms of rest come much more naturally. I think Jesus knew what he was talking about when he told the disciples in Matthew 8 to first rest in a remote place and then serve others. It's sort of like an analogy of a pot and how all of the rocks or the stuff we have in our lives just can't all fit in the pot. There are always more things to do and more things that need our attention than there are hours in the day. So if we start by putting the big rocks in first, like connecting with God, our families, our jobs, and then add in the small rocks, volunteering in our child's classroom, starting a yoga class once a week, FaceTiming a friend, then those smaller rocks start to fit in the pot more easily. For me, I have two very young kids. I have tried the whole get as much sleep as I can and have their crying be my alarm clock thing. And when you have a newborn, that's what you have to do to survive. Like, just get sleep. But now that they're sleeping through the night, I notice a huge difference in my attitude and patience level when I have had time by myself in a remote place, just like Matthew 8 said, before I have to put on my mom, house manager, podcast creator hats for the day. You don't have to do your quiet time in the morning. God doesn't care when it is. But for me, that's the time I have. And it's what gets my day started and helps me to align my heart with God. My friend Connie has said on numerous occasions that her quiet times are not always quiet. And I agree with that. Sometimes in the morning, my time with God looks like listening to worship music and writing out the lyrics to the song in pretty pens. Sometimes it looks like doing the homework for a Bible study that I'm a part of in that particular season. Or sometimes I pull up the verse of the day on the YouVersion app and I read it and then I read the chapter that it is within to get more context. A friend once told me that our relationship with God is similar to the relationship with a parent. Sometimes as a parent, you're teaching your kids a lesson. Sometimes you're encouraging them and sometimes you're just hanging out and having fun. And I think that when we take the pressure off of ourselves to learn something and find a passage of scripture that speaks to us specifically every time we open our Bible, then we're missing out on just having fun with God. As we get to know ourselves better and what makes us tick, we can figure out the ways in which we connect with God more deeply. And we can give ourselves grace knowing that our personalities are different than other people's and our rest doesn't have to look like the person sitting next to you. thing I have really worked on is to create habits or put systems in place to have a gospel-filled household. As a mom of two littles, I couldn't just read my Bible in the morning and leave it there. I had to intentionally interact with God during the small mundane moments in my life. If I didn't, I noticed my patience would run thin, there were too many spills to clean up, my eyes were on my phone more than on my kids, and honestly, I just felt numb. So personally, I have to take very proactive and intentional steps in my home to see God in my mundane household routines. 
I know that God is always near. He sees me. He sees my moments of stress and he sees when I'm at my wit's end. But I have to have reminders put in place to help me open my eyes to see him. Uh, One thing I do is I try to have my Bible out so it's accessible throughout the day, especially as a mom of littles. I don't always get to finish my Bible reading in the morning. They might wake up early and I'm interrupted or, you know, who knows what. But if I leave my Bible out on the kitchen table, I might have a spare two minutes when they're playing to come back to it. I think just the visual of seeing my Bible laying out also reminds me of what I read that morning. It helps me to apply what I read into everyday situation and moments of stress. One way that I've experienced the most stress lately is just being outside. This past winter, I started seeing a counselor because the stress of raising a one and a two-year-old at home during COVID in the dead of winter was kind of putting me over the edge. I was getting angry teary, and just wanting a huge break from my current situation. As I talked with this counselor about some of the triggers I had, we started talking about being outside. And I realized that I hadn't been outside on a regular basis since like October and too much time had gone by without our daily walks. So even the small habit of bundling up and getting outside every day did wonders for my emotional and spiritual health. I see God so much more clearly when I'm outside, just feeling the wind, seeing my girls point out the birds and the squirrels, and even just seeing a neighbor does wonders for my soul. Our pastor, Greg, talks about thin places where we feel closer to God, and just being outside creates a thin place for me. I feel God's presence so much faster and in a more tangible way. In the past few weeks, I've started watering my plants in the evenings after the girls are in bed and going on a walk by myself in the evening. And those simple routines of just being outside, interacting with nature just brings so much rest to me. So even though I'm still working on this idea of developing input rhythms of rest, I do feel a lot of pride in knowing that I've worked really hard in the past few months, in the past few years, to make this um, more of a rhythm in my life. Being pregnant back-to-back, working full-time, dealing with some postpartum depression, and just adjusting to being a mom required me to dig deep into myself and discover what I really needed to rest. And now I feel like I'm getting more rest on a daily basis. I feel like I'm connecting to God more in my daily tasks. And even though I'm not perfect at it, I do feel like I'm making a step in the right direction. And I'm noticing that when my input rhythms are working, it automatically inspires me to have more output rhythms of rest. Soon after Mike and I got married, I started listening to podcasts on my drive to work. I listened to one with a woman named Kristen Shell. And she talked about how we are called to love our neighbors, but we oftentimes don't know how to do that and we overcomplicate it. So she created a movement called the Turquoise Table. Her idea was that she would throw a picnic table in her front yard and sit out there and wait for who God would have walk by. She said that she felt completely awkward the first day, but God was faithful and had a neighbor walk by and they were able to strike up a conversation. The more she sat at the turquoise table, the more comfortable she felt initiating with her neighbors and creating real friendships. 
this movement has taken off and turquoise tables are popping up all over the country. This idea struck something in my heart that I, that never left. This idea of hospitality, of going first with your story and pouring into other people felt like something that Jesus would want me to do. Even though this idea made me nervous and was completely out of my comfort zone, I couldn't shake the feeling that God doesn't want us to just rest for ourselves, but that he wants us to rest so that we can go out and share his love with others. So while I kept this idea of the turquoise table and hospitality in my heart, it took me four years to take the next step. It's kind of the story of my life. It takes me a while to start things. Last summer, I felt like I was ready to start an output rhythm of rest that I had been contemplating for years. I had always felt this passion within me to want to start a podcast, primarily because I felt like I had stories I wanted to share that I knew other people were struggling with too. I had this deep need for connection and this deep desire to create a community for women to know that they were not alone in what they were facing and to be able to find like-minded women. This felt like a way that I could take the principles of the turquoise table and make it my own. So I started the Front Porch Life podcast. The name originally came from a sermon series we did at our church in which we talked about how most of us live in our living rooms. Our living room is where we feel safe, where we are with people that we're comfortable with, and most of the time we're surrounded by people that think in the same ways as we do. But the front porch is different. As is the turquoise table, the front porch is visible to your neighbors. It's a place in which you can call out to someone who's walking by and actually invite them to join you. You're not forcing them into your living room agenda. You're simply enjoying each other's company, sharing stories with each other, and practicing the art of hospitality. This way of living might make you nervous, and that's okay. Honestly, it still makes me nervous to this day as well, but over time, as I've put this mentality into practice, I found it easier to go first in sharing my story with others and ask good questions to help to get to know someone else better. For that first episode, I made a graphic using free images from the internet. I recorded the first episode on my phone, and I simply released it into the world. Now, this was work. Creating a podcast was completely new for me and really put me out of my comfort zone. Even though this was work, I felt a crazy amount of rest, renewal, and hope. I was so excited to start connecting with other women in this new way and really opening myself up to being vulnerable and available to other women. So how do I live a front porch life? For me, it started with just going first and sharing my stories. I did so by sharing a bit more publicly than some, but I recorded podcast episodes. I talked about struggling with my body image, what my daughter's birth stories looked like, how I read my Bible, and tips I had for keeping my marriage strong. As I started to share these stories, I then reached out to other women to share their stories. My friends Ellen and Emma talked about how they became mothers through foster care and adoption. My friend Bree talked about how she really has to be intentional about finding friends and community. Her husband has a job that causes them to move every two months or so and relocate to a completely different city. She spoke to me about how when she goes to the playground with her son, she has her eyes open. She's on the front porch looking for other women that she can connect with. She talked about how she has to have intentional time reading God's word each morning in order to have the strength to keep making herself vulnerable to new friendships. 
My friend Sarah talked about how God sometimes calls us to things that we don't feel equipped for, but that he gives us the tools we need for each new task. Every time I asked questions and listened to another woman's story, I felt more rested and rejuvenated myself. I could feel an inner peace that I was doing exactly what God was asking me to do. Last April, I was on a walk with my girls and had noticed over the past few months that a house I walked by every day had gone up for sale, had an estate sale, was cleared out, and had been sold. As I walked by one day, I saw that there were new people at the house and that the husband was standing in the driveway talking to what I learned was his father-in-law. As I walked by, I first didn't have the courage to say anything or introduce myself. It's so easy to just put your head down keep walking, keep your headphones in, and just mind your own business. But thankfully, God nudged me to say hi, and two kids came bounding out of the house at the same time and ran straight up to my girls. Kids definitely help me when it comes to talking to new people. I started talking with the husband, and then his wife walked out to meet us in the driveway. We chatted briefly about the neighborhood, what we did for a living, and connected on the fact that we both attended church. I know it sounds cheesy, but I left that conversation with a joy in my heart that I knew was from the Holy Spirit. It felt like a divine appointment. A few weeks later, we attended a neighborhood barbecue and the couple, Ashley and Jared, were there. I felt a little bit like a stalker, but I walked up to them and reintroduced myself. Flash forward to now, and Ashley and I have become dear friends, and we've really been able to get to know each other on a deep level in such a short amount of time. She even got to be on the podcast I love my story with her because it's simple and easy. I didn't do any kind of grand gesture to welcome them to the neighborhood, but I also didn't walk by and ignore the opportunity. I think if we walk with our eyes open, then God will show us new people to meet and pour into. A few months ago, I reached out to Kristen Shell, the turquoise table lady, on Instagram and asked if she would want to be a guest on my podcast. I told her how her book had started a fire in my heart for connection and that I started my podcast with her ideas in mind. To my pure surprise, she actually responded back to me right away and said yes. I spent the whole night wondering how I would tell her that I basically took her idea and the catchphrase front yard people and made it my own. But I was able to interview her a few weeks later and it felt like a full circle moment that only God could bring. If you want to listen to that episode, it is episode 16. You can go back and listen. I was able to look back on the work I had done during that episode and continue to do on myself and how as my connection with God and the ability to truly rest developed, that I was able to give more to other people and pursue the passions God had given me. Kristen's episode was the first episode of season two, and I couldn't be proud of her of it. And now I'd like your help to create another full circle moment. Mike and I have been talking about putting a turquoise table in our front yard for years. So much so that two years ago, Mike surprised me and bought the special turquoise paint from Sherwin-Williams. I know shipping is crazy right now, but I didn't think it would take two years for the table to be delivered. So next time you see Mike, ask him how the turquoise table project's coming along and if he might be able to put a rush on that order. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Front Porch Life podcast. I hope that it was encouraging to you and helped you to not feel alone in your season of life. 
If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also interact more with me throughout the week on Facebook and Instagram with the handle Front Porch Life Podcast, or you can go to my website at frontporchlife.net. I appreciate your support and I'm honored to get to be in your ear every week. I'll see you next Tuesday on the porch.